Inductees into the South Dakota Hall of Fame come from all backgrounds of life, but one thing they all have in common is their daily pursuit of their dreams. In this podcast, you will hear stories of the legacy of these inductees and how these dream chasers have impacted South Dakota in meaningful ways. Hello, I'm Miles Beacon with the South Dakota Hall of Fame, and today I have Jeff, Jeff Scherschlich with us. And Jeff is an inductee into the South Dakota Hall of Fame in 2017 for both business and philanthropy across the state. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. And the first thing I want to ask you is, could you share a little bit about your childhood and how you got into the business world and why you give back in the community and all those types of things. So if you could start with kind of your beginnings in, in Sioux Falls. Born and bred Sioux Falls boy, you know, 1955 was the year I was born and basically a traditional beaver cleaver. I don't even know if the kids will understand what beaver cleaver life was, but, you know, Sioux Falls was a town of only about 50,000. But, you know, I was one of four siblings. I was the third out of four growing up here. Uh, my father was in business, uh, had an insurance agency called Hoalt McDowell and uh, kind of, you know, went through the you know, Horseman Elementary, Patrick Henry, and then Lincoln High School here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So I guess I would call it a very traditional, tr traditional uh, middle America upbringing. Um, you know, good schools, uh, lots of athletics, uh, you know, outdoor activity, you know, we revolved around hunting, fishing, uh, other sports, baseball, all those type of things. Um, my, you know, I, I obviously a lot of your upbringing and a lot of your things that really probably uh, um, meld you your whole life was my dad was a big believer in the United Way. And uh, there was one saying I would tell every kid that my dad gave me, he basically said is, you know, for every dollar you make, you save 10 cents, you give away five, and then you deal with the other 85 cents in your life. So that's been a philosophy that I think is pretty simple but is very impactful and I've tried to use that in my life and I've tried to teach my kids and other people that same philosophy and and so you know we all are in, in this together and you know you're only as good as your community to some degree and so we've been it's been fortunate that I've lived my whole life except for a stint out at school uh, for college in Sioux Falls and in South Dakota. Well, that's a great rule. Uh, save 10 invest five in the community yep. give back yep. and decide what you want to do with the other 85 percent yep so. pretty simple you know sometimes we make things too complicated but that's a simple one i can remember and i can pass along to people yeah great for both investing and giving back to the community yep jeff did you know when you were in high school what you were going to do the rest of your life well, interestingly, my father and I had a really close relationship. I was one of, uh, you know, four siblings, three, two other brothers, and myself. But my dad and I were just always very close. I, we had, I guess, somewhat similar personalities and got along so well. So he had kind of groomed me that I was going to go into the insurance business. And so back when I was 16, I was looking at the schools at that time that were providing a major in insurance. So I guess I was somewhat preordained. Uh, I guess. You know, I thought, well, you know, the idea is I, you know, I grew up hunting and fishing a lot, and my goal was actually to be a hunting guide. That was what I wanted to do in my life, and I'm glad I got, you know, funneled into the insurance business and in the family business that way. It provided me the opportunity to do a lot of hunting and fishing all over the world, but it basically provided me a career. So, yes, I was a little unique because I went to the College of Insurance in New York City uh, with a major in insurance, and, and which 
which was fairly unique back in the mid-70s. Jeff, I heard the story once when you went to college for the first time out in New York. You hadn't been there before. Uh, could you just share that? Because that's a long ways from home in Sioux Falls. <laughs> well, again, kids, it might be hard if we're talking to children out there or everybody, but yeah, it's kind of hard to believe. But at 18 years old, the first airplane ride I was going to do was to go off to college. Never been in an airplane before. Uh, my parents sent me off to the New York, New York City, downtown Manhattan, didn't know a soul didn't know a friend, didn't know a relative. You know, my parents didn't take me there or, you know, coddle me and put me in the room. Basically, I took all my stuff, went on an airplane, landed in LaGuardia, and ended up in downtown lower Manhattan. I think the funny part that you might be relating to is, again, I'm a South Dakota boy. I had born and bred. I'd done a little traveling, but never been on an airplane before. But I get to New York City and I take a cab down to Lower Manhattan. Said, take me to the College of Insurance. I, I don't know where it is. I know it's in Lower Manhattan. Well, the guy ends up dropping me off about two blocks away from my school. I didn't know any better, but I thought this was the right place. So off I unload about four or five bags and everything I owned, you know, at that point. Well, I'm two blocks away from where I need to be. So, you know, not being from South Dakota, I think everything I got is going to get stolen. And I remember I'd, I'd ferry it about 100 yards down and so I could see the bags that were still there. And then I'd run back and get some bags. And, you know, because what are you going to do? Take a cab for two more blocks, you know? So that's how my, my beginning was in downtown New York City. Yeah, you know, what, what a start. And, <laughs> and uh, you look at that and you, you look back and you go, you have to chuckle about that. Oh. And uh, you probably would have been fine but again you're from South Dakota pretty sheltered and and everything but you're going from Sioux Falls to the big city and you look at those sky uh, <laughs> and you just look at all those buildings and you go holy cow holy cow it was a different world it was a real growing up experience you know and I think that you know I think people prior to, you know, I mean, a lot of people have had experiences, but I think, you know, the generations before us almost had that when they went off to the military. Now mm -hmm. those were bad, you know, you went to World War One, you went to World War Two. those were positive things, but also it really gave those men and, and women, in a sense, less women at that time, but really gave them that opportunity to grow up. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes, you know, to a certain degree, we're almost too enabling today. And, you know, we love our kids and we want to give them every opportunity, but it's those times where you stretch yourself, you take a risk, you do something that's outside of your comfort zone, that's how you really grow. And I think those were good examples and, and it certainly helped me because it really did test me, but I think it made me a better and more well-rounded person to go through that. Jeff, when you are in New York, did you enjoy the big city? Well, yes, I did. Uh, you know, again, it was quite a culture shock. Uh, again, I'm very Frank, I remember the first holiday, Thanksgiving. And you know, again, back then, you didn't have, the first airplane ride I took was to go, okay? So, so you know, you weren't going flying home every holiday like kids might do today and et cetera, because it's so much more available. But so I remember that first holiday and being all alone. When I say that, I ended up meeting somebody and they took me out to their home. But it was a real tough 
tough transition. It was, at, it, it was hard because I was close to my family. I was an outdoor person. I was missing my first hunting season in my, my young career and et cetera. So those were all, all challenges, but that's all part of the growing up process. And so I did enjoy the New York experience. I, I, I learned a lot. I think it helped shape you know, some of my success and some of my desires of what I've done subsequently. So, so like anything, you know, no pain, no gain. So you had to have a little pain to get that gain, and I think it did help me. Any thoughts ever to stay in New York? Once you oh, yes, yes. You know, I was involved at the, what they called the College of Insurance, which was a, you know, at that time one of only four universities providing a major in insurance. And so there was a lot of international students at the College of Insurance, and you know, there was things like the getting involved in the the uh, uh, different insurances in Bermuda and different experiences that that I really, you know, at the kind of the end, I was saying, hey, is this really what my career path is to go back to? Sioux Falls, South Dakota, go back to this you know, smaller family agency. Uh, that, those were tough. It was probably a girl that got me to come back, though, when it came down to it. <laughs> and, and that's amazing. And when you were in New York, were you shocked how well you can compete with people around the world and with the people from New York that you were in school with? Yeah, I think, I think that that does tell you, you know, that, that again, sometimes, you know, especially when you're younger, you maybe aren't as well read and you don't understand that to a certain degree, you know, but I think it did teach, teach you that you're, you know, those, those strong building blocks that you got in your schooling in South Dakota, uh, again, your family, your, your family dynamics and et cetera, really did build a building block that allowed you to compete and do very well in that environment. You know, I, I also did some work on the side when I was in college and I think you know you, you get that feedback that you've got that Midwestern work ethic you know so that that's pervaded so some of those things that you got from you know your roots here and what you were brought up with carry you everywhere and people recognize that that work ethic and that you know commitment and and also the smile and the friendliness I think oh absolutely it, then you came back to South Dakota did and tell me about that transition well, again, you know, I, well, one of the best parts of it, I went out and got this, what was a pretty good education in the insurance business with, with a specialty in insurance, a business basically uh, major. But, you know, and so I got all this technical knowledge. And, uh, you know, I remember coming back and, and about the first day or two when I got into the office and et cetera, you know, I remember my dad putting the phone book in front of me and saying, okay, all right, you're a salesman. Now start looking up people you know and give them a call and seeing if you can write it, write their insurance. <laughs> you know, and I didn't know anything about sales at that point. I said, well, wait a minute, I, I got all this technical education. What is this? And you know, he ultimately would have said that I probably had the natural, more people skills and the sales ability. So by matching that up with the technical skills, it made for a, a good ingredient to be successful in our business. So yeah, the transition was great. I, I you know, obviously it was a unwinding you know that lifestyle of the big city but at the same time I was ready to be home I you know at that time I had changed I gotten ready to get back I you know there was a girlfriend I had here uh, at the same point I was able to go hunting again uh, and and you know I, I guess I've been one of the keys to my success is I've been a little singular focus that I knew what I was gonna do I knew I was coming into the agency uh, I had a vision of, of working there and growing it 
and making a career out of, uh, you know, what I was going to do. So that, that early focus just kept going, and, and I had a great mentor in my father, and uh, he, he recognized, uh, you know, that we worked well together, and, and it just turned out pretty good. Jeff, can you share with, with us how big was the organization when you came back and started working there to when you sold the business? Well, you know, and again, I, I you know, I, I did probably, if I recall, I'm just trying to think. You know, there was about nine people when I came back at Hoa McDowell. And Hoa McDowell was a well-respected quality commercial insurance agency. And I, I believe at that time it had, it, it had maybe a half a million dollars in revenue. Um, you know, when, when, you know, again, through some of my effort, but a lot of team members that all pulled together to, to make Hawat McDowell successful over the years and, and living in this wonderful community that, and state with a lot of good insureds that grew, you know, people like yourselves and your businesses grew. We grew with them and et cetera. And when we, when we got done, uh, or when I got done, we were over 100 employees and over $20 million in revenue. And uh, again, you know, that really came from hard work, being in the right place at the right time, being in a great community, and uh, I guess taking good care of our clients. Yeah, and, and having that great team that you mentioned before too, because uh, you yeah. can't do it alone. It's not just one person; uh, it's everyone oh. working together. No, that's you know that, that you know. I think one time there was a little question about you know some of the, I don't remember which what it was exactly, but but you know the idea being is if anything, how did you overcome? I would my, my dad was a little bit of a, a control freak, you know, and everything had to be really detailed and specific, and you could go so far there, but that's hard as you grow an organization and. Probably the biggest thing I overcame, because I had some of those same attributes, because I was a product of him. But in that was that making that transition to understanding that you have, you need teammates and you need a collaborative effort, and you can't grow into a you know a substantial organization without realizing that it takes those team members and that you have to give up, you have to let people make mistakes, and you you have to let them grow because when that happens, it all works together. And you truly did develop an incredible culture uh, within Hoat and the people working together and they weren't afraid to challenge other people and, and you look at the growth, I mean that's just unheard of as well, uh, the growth within your organization. Did well, you ever, when you came back from yeah. New York, did you ever think it'd be this size? No. No, no, and, you know, I just didn't have that sense, you know, and I, and I think it's a matter of too, you know, you know, we lived a sheltered life to a certain degree, and as you get out and you see things, uh, but I think we've been fortunate to, to be in this community, and, and the whole country has obviously grown to a degree, but we've been very fortunate, and, uh, you know, no, uh, so, but it's been fun. Uh, it's been challenging, but it's also been very rewarding to know that we can do it here in South Dakota. Jeff, the other thing that's really amazing is that your, your parents were very involved in the community. Yep. You and Katie are very involved in the community. Why? That takes a lot of time. You, you know, I, I, like I say, I was, I was really given that charge and, and followed my dad's lead there. That was something that was very important to him. And, and it, you know, it just seemed like the right formula. You know, I mean, again, 
uh, there was a culture in Sioux Falls and South Dakota, but Sioux Falls was a tremendous philanthropic culture that really built out of the generations before my father even and moved down generation after generation. And, and, and that culture, I think, is if you're going to become part of the Sioux Falls Club, if you want to call it, as a young you know, up-and-comer and et cetera, I had the, the upbringing to want to give back and be involved in the community. But it also became kind of the rite of passage as part of this community's culture. And I think that, that you know, so, so remember, you know, we are products of what we, you know, we come from our parents, we come from our friends, you come from your, your how you're brought up, and it, it melds us. And so I really believe that Sioux Falls and that philanthropic culture here really caught on, and, and that was really kind of the way you made your way if you're going to be real successful in this community, you had to kind of get on that train a little bit. You know, there was the old joke that, you know, things used to get done in the YMCA steam room of, you know, just the local, you know, kind of the power brokers in the community. Well, you know, that town was small enough and there's nothing wrong with that environment. I think we've become more inclusive today, but you know, it's still a relationship world and things get done with relationship, just like you and me, you know, and et cetera. It's not, you know, we come from this culture, but, you know, we had similar upbringings, went to similar schools, you know, worked in the community, and, and, and yet it's that personal relationship that gets the dynamic going, and then it really gets things moving. And it truly is the relationships that uh, build a community. And we always yeah. have the example of a community bank. It's not having a bank in a community, but it's being involved in the community. And if the community is successful, the bank will be successful as well. And that's with all other businesses as well. So. It, 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 it isn't that bad. And you know, to a some degree, that, that idea that we've become so self-focused today is not healthy. You know, we've got to start looking back to saying, hey, yeah, but, but again, it's not good if you're going to live in a world that you're just, you're in your little cocoon. It's, it's the success of your community. It's the success of your, your teammates at work, you know, your teammates at church or whatever. It's that community effect that maybe is breaking down a little bit in, in today's world that I think we got to fight for because that's what makes a great community. And then when things go get tough, it's that, it's that support that gets people through the difficult times. Yeah, and it is, it's always the team and the people, the partnerships working together. Uh, Jeff, have you really relied on partners or other people in the community when you've had a tough time or a tough decision to make? Uh, or could you just make that decision? You know, I would say I, I, I probably wasn't as good as relying on other people as I should have. I, I, sometimes I was a little private with, with difficult things. You know, it doesn't mean that I didn't have a few people that I could rely on. Mainly my father, probably. It was my, my confidant when it came to that stuff, I guess, to a lot. You know, yes, otherwise, I would say I could have done a little better at that. Uh, there was just maybe too much hesitancy to open up if things weren't quite right. You know, my father. And then my partners at work probably were the other ones. Uh, then you have your typical, your, your attorneys and your, your accountants and et cetera. The other thing is I was involved in an organization called the Family Business Council, and it was made up of other young executives in their family firms. And that was a real 
you know, impactful organization for me uh, to interchange ideas with people, to 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 have a place to to bounce things off of. My only mistakes is sometimes I'd take that the tough ones and I'd just work through them myself, I guess. And if I could do something better, I would have probably you know, reached out to more people to help me through those. And I guess I was lucky enough to to get through them without. Too many, too many damages. <laughs> and I think that's one thing really special about Sioux Falls. If you raise your hand and need some help, there's 10 people that'll be there to help you, probably yes. more. Yes. But, uh, yes. Jeff, the other thing you mentioned, you love hunting and fishing, and uh, you love the environment, yep. and just the nature, the beautiful nature that we have around Sioux Falls. And can you yep. share a little bit about that and what got you started and what you're doing now with the nature? Yeah. Well, again, I you know I grew up under that environment, uh, going outdoors, hunting, fishing. That was a real bond with my father. Again, as I as I grew up, and my my siblings to a degree, and and other family friends, and 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 you know, again, it, it goes right back to that whole idea that you know you give back to a degree. So I I learned early on, again, you know, through mentors and etc. of organizations like Ducks Unlimited and and you know just the, the game fishing parks departments and all of that type of stuff. So I always had that that desire. And then as I got a little older, I I, I really became a real big fan of Teddy Roosevelt. And I'd call Teddy Roosevelt kind of the if I look at anybody that I would want to emulate and that was a real beyond my father and in, inspiration to me, it was Teddy Roosevelt. And he was a man of action. He was also a city boy that really ended up loving the country and loving our environment. Uh, you know, we all know his story about in, involved in parks and starting Yellowstone and and you know the just many conservation organizations. So basically, those those combinations just gave me a drive to to really make a difference. And so again, I'm a pretty simple guy that believe that I'm here for just a really short little ride. But if if I can and make just a little bit of difference and so whether it's in my community it's through philanthropy it's through relationships but also leaving the the the, the environment a little bit better setting examples uh, like we did with Sharapa as being the first lead certified building and trying to teach people that we can do things a little bit better uh, and then I've been fortunate to get involved in organizations like the South Dakota Parks and Wildlife Foundation and and to, to get involved in things like Good Earth State Park and 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 uh, Palisades and and Great Bear here in Sioux Falls, you know that really is something that's going to be longer lasting. And I think hopefully I've done a little bit of my part to help you know improve parks uh, for kids and families and and the environment overall. So it's a great passion of mine, and 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 I try to just. Do, live what I believe and give to those organizations, give my time and my treasure, and and try to also espouse the people that it's well worth it. Yeah. Well, Good Earth was the first state park in how many years for South Dakota? Well, 50 years. 50 years. Yep. yep. And that's just east of Sioux Falls. And it's amazing how many people are constantly there. And I'm over quite a bit. And there's just a constant uh, track of cars and trucks going in and out of there just every day. And it's just amazing the use that that park is getting. 
Well, and we saw that vision. You know, I think we're, you know, obviously you go back to Doug Hofer from the parks who had lived that vision for 25 years. And I think if you if you look at what my involvement is, is where I'm good or where, where I've been successful in my career is, you know, other people might have the vision, but I'm damn good at carrying it and making sure it gets done. Cause I, I get frustrated to hear all the talk and no action. I like to see the action. And so my involvement in Good Earth was to help carry that over the, the goal line on behalf of Doug's vision and the state's vision and the South Dakota Parks and Wildlife Division. And so I'm proud to be involved in it. And that's something that I hope to look back at to, in my life and say, or my grandkids go say, Grandpa had a little bit something to do with that because that park, you know, in, in not that many years is gonna be right on the edge of Sioux Falls. And, you know, I suppose in 50 years, it'll probably be considered Central Park. Sioux Falls is just gonna grow so much. Yeah, it is amazing, and uh, you were a major part of that, so thank you very much. And yeah, I mean, it's an amazing you. addition to the it life is. of the eastern part of the state, uh, so thank you. Yep, not only for the, you know, for our citizens, from a tourism standpoint, for the Native Americans, for history overall of what that area meant and, and how important it was, so yeah. it is pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Jeff, if you had an opportunity to talk to the youth across the state, uh, what would you say to them to encourage them to chase their dreams? Well, you know, I guess I would say that you know, there was, I remember when South Dakota State, which I didn't go to, but the idea is you could go anywhere from here. I think that's a good term in that, you know, we, you know, if you get, if you work hard, you get a good education, you know, those, those, the upbringings that we have of the work ethic here and et cetera, can really carry to any place in the world when it comes down to it. And the opportunities, I mean, the one thing I feel so fortunate about is, is that, you know, kind of in my day, you went away to find the opportunity, but now South Dakota, Sioux Falls in particular, have the opportunities to keep those people here. So I would encourage them to say, hey, we wanna make a difference in our world, uh, in our state, and you could do it right here in South Dakota. So we want the best and the brightest to stay here and not go away anymore. And I can tell you that, uh, you know, the opportunities that have existed here for me, for what I see as my children who are all here in Sioux Falls now, you know, it's just unparalleled. And I think we live in the best little place in the in the world and best kept secret. And, and I think it's incumbent upon us to pass it along to the next generation that it's gonna take work. You know, you keep gotta build the culture, you gotta fight to keep that culture. And you know, it's worth it because, you know, to, ha to have your kids and to have your grandkids grow up in this community and, and see what the future holds, I think it's bright. So I would tell those guys that, hey, go out and get a good education, maybe go out, you know, it's good to stay in the state, but it's also good to go someplace else because I think that'll also help you to realize that it's pretty darn good back here in South Dakota. Yeah, what a special place we have here. And uh, you're right, uh, work your tail off and, and uh, chase your dreams and you'll be surprised with the fruit that Raised. Yeah, I, I, and I think that's, you know, again, I just came from the era as you did that used to be we all, you know, you kind of go away to get those opportunities. What's so cool is it's here now and we're really generating those exciting jobs and, you know, work that I was able to do with people like Sanford Health, you know, your organization, the first premier organization, you know, the just the various insureds, Raven Industries, people, you know, that came from, you know, they're worldwide now. It isn't stuff, I mean, I never imagined 
imagine the kind of work I would be able to do that was challenging and, and you know, world class to a degree, doing it with people right here in the Dakotas and the region and et cetera. It, it's really quite amazing. And I, it, I still pinch myself every day to say, wow, I, I just would have never saw that part of it even when I came back. Yeah, and, and I would agree. We have such a special place here, but it's the people that really drive it. So, it Jeff, is. thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the South Dakota Hall of Fame and these dream chasers, visit our website at www.sdexcellence.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.